You are listening to Lost and Sound, a podcast exploring music, identity, and the future. My name's Paul Hanford. I've always believed that one of the best ways we come together is through music. And through this series, I'm looking at how music can and is bringing us together now and in the future. From my base in Berlin, we'll be meeting artists from a range of disciplines from all across the world who are drawing on music right now. Some are already exploring new ways of doing this. In this episode, I packed my trusty digital recorder into my bag and for the first time in six months went to meet a guest face to face. Hey, how are you all doing? I hope you're having a beautiful one. It's a little bit autumnal today in Berlin, which is absolutely fine with me because autumn is my favorite season i don't know why maybe i just don't like wearing shorts but i'm sat on a bench in in rosentelleplatz and very very soon i'm going to be meeting a twice mercury nominated artist who i found out actually has just moved to berlin now Yep, so I'm here to meet Ghost Poet. For the last decade, this has been the nom de pleur of South London-born Abaro Ejimowie. His music is often described with words like brooding, and it's wonderfully hard to define, yet the moment you hear it, you know you're listening to Ghost Poet. Subverting expectations, seeming to not give a fuck, he's collaborated with Massive Attack and The Streets, and of course been nominated twice for the prestigious Mercury Prize. I was super excited, Obar being my first in-person guest since everything went a bit weird back in March. We sat on some metal chairs that are sculpted permanently into concrete in the nearby Park Am Weinberg. And then I pressed record. Can I get you to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, my name's um, Ghost Poet. I am a artist, musician from London, United Kingdom. And now you're a resident of Berlin. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm a resident in Berlin, which is still, it's so new because it's only been three weeks. So, yeah, I am a resident in Berlin, Germany, which is very different for me. I mean, this is like, I mean, I think moving country anyway is quite, can be quite an intense, it's just quite, well, it's a life-changing thing to totally, do. Totally, yeah. But I mean, this year of all years, you know, I mean, what was, what was the sort of deciding reason for you moving? Um, a number of things, I would say, um, Brexit was one of them, um, the idea of, uh, a, 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 how do, how, 
best way to say it without offending many people. That's um, all right. I, do, I, do, I, will, I will edit it a little bit. I don't care. I don't, I don't really care. I just kind of don't want, I just don't like offending people generally. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, it's a case of because a section of the country decided that they didn't want to be part of Europe, my life had to become, had to coincide with that. And I didn't like the idea of that. One, two, um, I was living in Margate on the southeast coast for a while and then moved back to London um, in December last year. And I was getting back into the London way of things. I was born in London, so very much used to it. But um, I don't know, this time around, it just felt after spending so much time by the sea, being in a city like London, this felt this felt a bit weird to me. Just the, 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 the fast paced ness of it was just um, a bit too much. Right. Yeah. And then lockdown with Corona and being stuck in a room in London and realizing I could work anywhere. When I, it was something that I, I thought about a lot previously. It wasn't, I wanted to move abroad for a long time. But um, it was that's three months or so being in one room and still being able to do bits of work made me think I could just do this anywhere, you know? And yeah. I thought, let's try, let's give it a go, you know? Why, why Berlin? Um, when I was thinking about, when I was really thinking about the places that I would like to live, um, and I started thinking about where I'd been in Europe, I realised I'd been in Germany the most, really, out of everywhere. It's the place I've, I've come back to for work or um, to visit friends or whatever so it was like ah okay yeah that's that feels like the right kind of thing Berlin partly because it's an international city I, I know I just mentioned going back to a city was a problem but this feels different it just feels like it's a much slower pace and a different kind of uh, mentality way of thinking um, about life here and I, I like the idea of that and it was interest. I was interested to see a new creative scene, really. Um, London, London, and I didn't like the fact that the government seems to be um, just doesn't give a shit about the arts now. No, it's like, like when seemed, Corona you know, happened here. There was like every artist, every creative freelancer was just given five grand. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's like in London. You... It's nuts. It's hardly been anything yeah. up to today, and that bothered me a lot. Partly just from an artistic point of view and partly from a, a tax-paying point of view. <laughs> I've paid a lot of tax yeah. and I received pretty much nothing. Mm. And it's not about money, but it's about, yeah, you know, it's the attitude of a government. You know, if when a, when a government decides that the art and culture are, are, are worth uh, letting go of, right. it just feels like, is that really the place you want to be? So I don't know. I, I'm lucky that I'm able to, to try it. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who can't, so I'm, I am aware of that. Um, but I thought I'd try it, and I thought if I didn't do it now, when would I? You know, and yeah, it is the, probably the maddest time to do it <laughs> in a global Hollywood-style pandemic to move abroad. Yeah, but fuck it, why not? <laughs> why not? If if it is that, if we are in this kind of, I remember I started uh, keeping a diary yeah. um, just before it all kicked off. Yeah. And it suddenly, I suddenly felt like I, instead of like, I started writing it thinking just like, you know, day two, 
having a coffee, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It suddenly yeah. became this kind of weird post-apocalyptic fiction. Wow. You know? Yeah. It's like, what's going it on? It was really mad. It's like, there was periods of time. It was really weird. It was like periods of like, I guess, panic in the very beginning. And then it was, there was like this sh very short period of time when it was just almost like, it was like in the dystopian films before, before the problems start. And it's almost like, this is perfection. Like, people are, the weather was great, which helped. But people were really enjoying each other's company and like mm. spending time with their families. And there's a little park that was opposite the flat that I was living in. And people were just like sitting in the sun and just taking in the environment. No planes in the sky, no cars on the road. And it was like, wow, like this is beautiful. And I started, there was a couple of articles that were going around talking about this is the chance for cities to really, you know, change their ways of you know do the do the right thing for the environment and you know do do things differently this is an opportunity to really um change the landscape of their cities and then you know that that that, that was very short-lived i remember that idealistic <laughs> yeah. i was really into that as I well was, I, I was i thought it's beautiful i remember yeah. like when um they were talking about firstly reopening everything yeah and like in london as well like talking about certain areas that were going to become or maybe have become totally pedestrianized yeah yeah, yeah and it yeah. just sounded like wow people are really tapping into mm. like maybe the environment mm. a bit as mm. well mm. because because there was sorry it's the backtrack the reason why they, these articles were coming out is because the environmental changes that were happening so quickly mm. from off the back of less planes on in the sky and less cars and they were saying that there was certain plant life that was, was coming back and and fish that fish i hadn't been seen in rivers and seas and stuff had been coming back and blah 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 and it was like yeah maybe maybe people starting to finally realize then capitalism kicked back in and it was like we need to make money yeah it was a bit like the Fuck internet it. in a way isn't it it was a bit like sort of um um i know it's a bit naughty but i remember like about five or six years ago just before Netflix really yeah. kicked off, just like the most common way to watch a movie was was to torrent it, mm, you know. Mm, and mm, I just mm, I just mm, kind mm, of like caught up with world cinema yeah, for two years yeah, through yeah. kick-ass torrents yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. suddenly capitalism goes, "Hang on a minute, no, no, you can't like do that anymore." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true, and it's like, yeah, it, it felt like people were just like taking their time to embrace the things that they were too busy to. Um, enjoy before be it books be it films be it you know spending quality time with their friends even if it was through FaceTime or whatever yeah. kind of um, video conferencing or calling but it felt it did feel like there was a moment and then it then with now it's almost like the machine was rattled and it didn't know what to do so it was people who were kind of almost free and then it was like Okay, no problem. We've worked out now. <laughs> we've, worked, we've worked out what needs to be done. Here yeah. we go. Back you go. Back you go. Yeah. Back in the box. <laughs> yeah, you've so, had your little fun. Yeah, you've yeah. had a bit of fun now. Now back to back to normal uh, situation, which in London was very much kind of like get out there and spend money and right. go to restaurants and you know, but at the same time keep safe and keep distant, but make sure you buy things at the same. Very odd. Very odd. Right now, you can hear a bit of the track Breaking Cover from his fifth album, I Grow Tired But Dare Not Fall Asleep. It's an album that seems to come from the same magical place as so many of my favourite albums. I can hear elements of Can, The Fall, Talk Talk, 70s Miles Davis. Yet at the same time, it purely sounds only like Ghost Poet. He also released this album back in May 
during lockdown. I wanted to know what it was like putting an album out back in that strangest part of time. Yeah, it was definitely something that was discussed at the time. Um, the album was done by, by like November mm. of the previous year, um, so the it was put in the schedule for that for that release by you know November December last year. There was rumours of this thing going on, but mm. no one believed we'd be in the situation we are in now. So yeah, when May came came around, or maybe well, maybe it was April discussions were had about should we do it should we pull it out and there was arguments for and against really I mm. think it was kind of more me was like is it really the right time there's obviously more important things than music right now mm. and I guess from um, a label point of view business is business you know um, they had their concerns before my management and my label were kind of like you know in this time and, and May was kind of like that was lockdown period yeah it was like people need need music they need art they need you know culture they need stuff to get them through potentially or at least occupy their mind so I kind of was like swayed by that I guess and yeah in terms of promoting it it was just impossible well it wasn't impossible I did a lot of stuff via like zoom and um online platforms and stuff like that um but you couldn't do gigs or done you couldn't do gigs and couldn't do stuff face to face so that mm -hmm. was that really um didn't help at all but we did what we could um but it was very different from a normal release of course yeah um it almost feels like a bit retro now thinking about earlier in the year God, you yeah, know doesn't yeah. it nice. does it do you feel um, do, does it feel like it was the right thing to do now? Like, you know, because we do need art. Don't I don't we? know. Um, yeah, we do need art. Was it the right or wrong thing to do? I'm not, I'm not kidding anyone. <laughs> it's, just, it's just music, you know what I mean? So, um, I'm pleased that I put it out. Um, I guess putting it out in, when I did, um, it will forever be associated with this period of time. Mm. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Who knows? People are definitely taken lyrics or the songs and associated them very much with these times that we're living in, yeah. which is always my mission, but the record lyrically and musically was more kind of a snapshot of the last couple of years already rather than corona yeah but you know it is what it is once you pull it out people will interpret it how they wish and that's the name of the game um, yeah so i don't know once it once an album's out i don't really it's i don't really think about it anymore it's kind of it's, it doesn't belong to me anymore it's it's out in the world people can do what they want with it so i'm ha i'm pleased that i made it i'm yeah. pleased that i was able to put it out um post that i'm not that fast really right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's just done it's done <laughs> and it's kind of like because of when i was it's always the case with mm. most albums your your mind is just you've already moved on from it you know because it's mm. usually done six seven months beforehand um and once i once i've finished an album i listen to it <laughs> obsessively until it's released yeah. and then it's like okay it's done now I, it's no longer a secret. It can, it's, people can hear it. And then I can move on. You know. Isn't there that thing, the story about Scott Walker or something mm. that he like? Um, 
spends like we used to spend however like a sort of certain amount of time like years on an album yeah then like when it ready it'd get everyone into a room listen to it on the best speakers that yeah. they could find yeah. and then never listen to it ever again wow so. I, can, I can hear that i could definitely hear that I did, I did that with everyone who was involved as much as people as i could gather together i just kind of listened it wasn't the best speakers we could find <laughs> um but we just had a listen to the whole album and that felt good and yeah i i, I dip in and out of it now but I'm already thinking about Stuff. other you know yeah, mm. yeah I'm sorry to ask you a question about that album yeah <laughs> no it's fine um, it's sort of like I think one of the things that I really connect with this album mm. um, more even than your other albums yeah. is that like there's I've always sort of felt really strong hints of it but on this one it feels very very much to me like in terms of sonically mm. and not literally but mm. just like more in a kind of abstract way it reminds me of a lot of the records that I probably started off listening to okay when not as a kid yeah. well, as a kid i was like listening to wham yeah but like as an adult like yeah. i can hear like 70s miles davis i yeah. can hear talk talk yeah like maybe in, in terms of how i've heard it yeah. was made yeah. and yeah bits of the fall yeah. and, and stuff like that yeah uh, for sure uh, these sort of like inf were these influences for you yeah for sure um miles davis not so much this time around but um the fall and talk talk and um kraut rock and um I definitely wanted to make something that was more, like you say, more about the sonics than the lyrics. I, I, I don't know, for the longest time people have felt I was a lyricist, you know, mm. um, which I never have felt that way. I kind of, I wanted to make an album that was very much about the music as well as the lyrics. And that was partly why I wanted to produce it myself. And um, I guess this album is kind of a, a not the end of a journey but kind of the result of the previous records the kind of the learnings and experiences I've, I, I've, I've garnered from the last records and I wanted to hone that as much as possible on this album in terms of musically mm. um, and lyrically to a certain extent and yeah I, I, I just, I'm a musician even though I don't you know I'm not in the traditional sense of strumming away on guitars or you know <laughs> being some super uber pianist i but i yeah it's it's what i what i am and in my own weird way and i just wanted to showcase that yeah as much as possible on this album i guess and i think that's kind of like also what i got got from those influence references as well as like all of those artists like can mm. uh, even like the miles davis sort of stuff they were doing things where they weren't like they're not a guitarist but it's more the music comes from orchestrating people yeah, and, totally. and arranging sounds yeah, and yeah, having yeah. a vision of yeah how something should feel yeah tactically. for sure for sure I, and, that, and that was definitely the kind of music i was listening to and um, the stuff where it was about the feel rather than the the actual, you know, phreatical, these are the notes that go with these notes, and these chords should work with those chords. It was yeah. kind of like, yeah, Mark Hollis said it in an interview once around the lines of that, that I'd rather play, and I'm paraphrasing and, and probably getting very wrong, but he talked about the idea of, I'd rather play one note again and again rather than a series of notes. If that one note is enough, then it's enough, you know, and... I've always tried to have that attitude with my productions to kind of, it's just about the feeling and the emotion that I'm trying to create rather than 
technically being right, you know. Yeah. I think it's like, isn't it? Sorry to be like, like, don't want it to become like quote session. No, <laughs> Which just reminded me of something that Tom Waits said once yeah. about like saying a gentleman is someone that can play the accordion but chooses not to. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yeah, I think I think it I think it's about trying to um, understand the rules as much as possible and then ignoring them. You know. Yeah. The rules are just parameters, and I just think there shouldn't be parameters when it comes to art and making music. You should just do what you want, and I've been trying to do that for a, a long time, and I think people are starting to understand that. Yeah, he just does what the fuck he wants. Yeah, yeah. And it's you either like it or you don't. You know, yeah. I'm never gonna make a pop record. I'm never. I'll, I'll be very surprised if I make a record that's ever really commercially successful in a traditional sense but I just I enjoy what I make you know and that's why I do it yeah and like the process for this as well like I heard that it was kind of you did a lot of like sort of long series of improvisations and editing was um, that yeah for for in the studio sessions yeah mm-hmm. it was like I went in with with demos the demos that I made at home and those were the, the, the initial identity of the songs and then it was a case of um, bringing in musicians to play the parts get the initial ideas down and then I kind of orchestrated yeah these jams where I just kind of like poked and pulled and pushed the musicians in different directions and then I captured that and um, made it more difficult for myself in the editing process but it just felt like the right way to do it you know and again this kind of capturing a feeling in the moment and the mood of the musicians and myself at the time was this kind of let's just have fun with it but yeah. also you know I'm trying to make serious shit you know so let's do that and and it was like it was really interesting I, I would I do it the same way again? I don't know because it was a fucking pain <laughs> to like trawl through so much stuff to kind of get it. It was fun, and there was so many happy accidents which which made it into the record. So maybe I would. Maybe I like the pain. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, yeah. Do you ever find yourself saying never doing that again? Then you kind of forget. Yeah, pain, yeah. Do it again. Yeah, totally. I I know that's what will happen. Yeah. My memory's really bad now. <laughs> and is it important with each album for you to try something different in terms of how you work? And, yeah, for and sure, for sure, for sure. And I guess this time around, I, want, I, I chose to produce it myself, and that was that was the change that was necessary to kind of to help me to evolve as an artist. Um, yeah, I'm constantly trying to do that. Um, I know. I kind of I don't know like I I've got like I I I could go like three four different directions on the next album, um, but they are it's const- all of those are best definitely in for me it's it's making making a di- making a, an involvement every time, Ooh. constantly trying to push things forward and maybe that's partly why I'm this kind of artist <laughs> that's never quite in one box or you know commercial because I just don't I feel I get bored of this being in one place for right. too long yeah yeah I feel like I could easily make something very digestible 
but then it's just boring to would me. Just, would, you, would it even just be like pretty kind of just, would you just even zone out halfway through doing a vocal take? I, I don't have the patience to do, to do it because I'm, I understand it. I understand music enough to know what needs to be done for something to be digestible. But I just feel, I like, I feel that art should be uncomfortable and make you, and ask questions and, and be kind of something that maybe you won't recommend to your friends. <laughs> maybe you kind of, you can only listen to it in a certain mood or a certain time. Mm. And I like that rather than it just being, yeah, I could throw this on whenever, you know, it's just happy, clappy music. I just, I just don't know if I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe one day. Who knows? I love that way of describing it, but you wouldn't play it to all of your friends. <laughs> like it's like someone, someone you're having an affair with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time I heard MIA's first record mm. and I loved it, but I knew not everyone's going to get this, you know? So I only played it to select people. I must have tried it once in the background at some, I don't know, some little dinner party we were having at the time. It was way back. Mm. And I could see that some people were just like, what the fuck is this? I actually know? had that myself with that record as well. Like I could see some of my couple of friends who were like really like musically diverse. Yeah. You know, they were sort of like laughing at it. Right. Like, yeah. They like it was, it was comedy. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. What's that stupid noise? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I just and I like I like stuff like that that can be so polarizing. Yeah. You know? I think that's that's good art. You know. I'm alive. I'm alive, you are alive, we are alive. They Can you remember your first kind of musical epiphany? Epiphany? As a listener or as a, um, as it a could be artist? either, really. Maybe as a listener, I guess. Like something when you were uh, young, maybe, it made you think, fucking hell, music's um, a bit good, isn't it? Badly Drum Boys, The Hour of the Bewilderbeast. Oh, yeah. That was the first album I bought from a... <laughs> a store called Woolworths, which I think they have some in Germany. <laughs> they don't do they? have Woolworths. I'm, I yeah. don't know. I don't know if they're the same. They feel like they're the same. They st they sell things like I think you can still buy a CD rack right. from them. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought like that. Yeah. So they used to be Woolworths used to exist in London, well in the UK. Um, and I bought. I must have bought the album off the back of the cover, mm. being amazing, and it was just stood out to me. I didn't have a clue who the artist was. Mm. This is way before the internet so it wasn't like I could Wikipedia badly drawn boy um, but I was just like I was just blown away by the creativity in it and just the diverseness from track to track and the way he weaved in different stories and, and patterns and ideas from track to track and I, it was too much. It, I, I didn't look at it from an artistic point of view at all mm. when I was like, I don't know when, how old I was then. Quite young. But I, um, it just, it's just an album that I've always gone back to again and again and again over the years. And, and when I got into music, it was like, it was such an amazing reference. Just the kind of the idea of, yeah, that there's no rules. You can actually do anything you want. Like he was doing there's one song where it's kind of like it goes in a particular place the next minute the whole thing drops into a pond 
and it's, it feels yes. like it's underwater. Yeah, I remember that. And you're just yeah. like, it's like, what is that? Like, yeah. who does that? You know, I just, at the time, I was just like, wow, this is like, because I was quite young, it felt quite childlike as well in terms of the production. But at the same time, as I got older and I was still listening to it, you start to understand the emotion and the lyrics and mm. it's such a deep album, so deep. So yeah, probably that that album. It's, it's an epic, isn't it? It's, it's epic. It's, it's totally epic. Yeah, kind yeah. of feel, feels like a whole. You're going for someone's whole like emotional spectrum. Totally, to totally, it. Yeah. totally. It's like his diary. It's like his um, mood board. It's like it's just everything. Mm. You know, I used to say that, I, that I'm, that's what I want to make. When I've made an album like that, then I'll I'll be happy and I'll retire. Mm. But I realised that. It, that's impossible, you know, because when you listen to an album, what you consider great, there's so many circumstances involved with that, you know, in terms of what he was going through at the time and the environment that he was living in and politically and socially and all, all these things that you just can't, you can't match, you know, you yeah. can try, but you can't. It's just never going to be the same. So I gave up on the idea and thought, fuck it, I've got to do my own thing. <laughs> like he was, he could have been saying to himself with that album, because that was his first album, wasn't it? It was, yeah. That he thought, I really wanted to, I want my first album to be as good as like, I don't know, like Autobahn, mm. you know, and it's mm. ended up like that. Yeah, for sure, like for that. sure. That's the thing, isn't it? It's like, it's impossible to copy. Yeah. You can technically get there, you mm. know, you could find out where the studio was you know like it's like here in berlin and like the yeah. david bowie stuff and the iggy stuff and you know you could go to the studios you could possibly use the same equipment but it's not you won't be able to get it you know yeah. that essence that is only on that record you know and isn't it that's kind of like a good metaphor just for life anyway mm, isn't it like mm. i think particularly when people get in my experience anyway like we're in kind of things like relationships mm, as well it's mm. like we have these ideas about what we want totally. um, and then something happens that just comes totally yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, or, yeah. And, and relationships a lot of the time are based on what you're taught or what you're mm. told is how a relationship is supposed to go, you know. Mm. And it's only when you're in one, it's like, oh, actually, yeah, that was them. <laughs> this is us. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, you've got your own things that you're looking for in a relationship and what... what what you think is a relationship is a relationship is very different to what I think is a relationship. Mm. Just how it is, and and yeah, I feel with creativity and with music, it's so important to just to make what you feel to make. I don't. I just feel there's not enough people who do that now. Yeah, it's all very formalic and um, being afraid to be um, an individual. You know. Do you, do you um, have any idea why that could be? Or do you have any sort of like late night ruminations or <laughs> cycling along your bike going, fucking, that's it, that's right. I think it's a mixture of things. I think, um, I feel maybe it's a success thing. And what is success? And the idea that to be successful as a musician, you need to be a number one artist, you know number one in the charts, selling a certain amount of records, you know? Um, so if that's your view of what success is as a musician, then you're gonna, you're going to study or, you know, look at what 
what do people do who get to that point you know and you start to copy that I guess um, maybe it's that maybe it's a case of maybe people don't maybe people just don't like making music that means people have to think right. and it's just a case of yeah surface level creativity you know yeah. in my opinion where it's just kind of like life's fucked so let's just make stuff that is that this people can just get lost in and it's like yeah we're happy and life's great and fireworks <laughs> it's like there's a sort of parallel world going on where where somewhere people are happy and they're constantly, like, i want to know where it is it feels like yeah. a, night, a nightclub you can't get into <laughs> would I, you go there though if, I would. It, if it was real you'd i would of... go for this just to see what it was like right <laughs> just to see what the other side was like and just then just fucking yeah leave quite quickly but yeah yeah, I just want to see this club that everyone seems to go to where it's all fireworks and stars and candy floss and shit. I just want to know what it's like. But <laughs> it's, it's that. And it's kind of like, people. there's different types of musicians and it takes all sorts to make this this wonderful music industry that we have. And when I was younger in this game, I was kind of very kind of like staunchy, like, if you if you've got an opportunity to make music you should make good music serious music you know mm. people music that people want to listen to for years and years and years then it's like actually some people just want to just I don't know smoke a joint and dance around to Madonna you know yeah. there's nothing wrong with that no it's, it's just fine. a different level it's like a like I'm a bit of a lazy chef mm. you know mm. I Same. love food yeah. I love people cooking me food mm. and I also love actually cooking food but mm. I will probably cook variation of the same pasta mm, mm, or something mm, like that it's mm, just mm, not mm, mm, my bag to go deep into exploring yeah yeah it, exactly but, and there's know. nothing wrong with that yeah. and the day you still enjoy the meal yeah there's nothing yeah that's what i'm realizing that i just have to let let, let things be <laughs> yeah. i i know i think i think I, I have the same sometimes i feel very much like i can get really wound up and angry about something that i realize isn't actually for me to even get involved i think i have things to get involved in for definitely sure. absolutely sure. and i think like if anything 2020 has taught people that they have to make a stand on they certain do. yeah things, for you sure know? for sure but then also like if i i can't get annoyed with um how loud someone else's music is across totally. the street totally. or like yeah stuff like that's just bad for me for sure you know? it's, it's bad for you and it's also Everyone's just got to live their life. They've got to live their life as they see fit. Obviously, if, if it really starts to impact your life, it's a different mm. story. But if someone's enjoying themselves over there in their own little way, fine. You know, yeah. life's so short. It's just like, I'm realising that more and more. And I know what I want to make and what, how I want to live my life. And I'll continue doing that. But I'm never, I, I'm done with trying to be like, because I used to be really, I used to be really, really, shit on i used to shit on pop music a lot <laughs> I like the brit awards would come around yeah every year and i would just literally get a bottle of vodka and just get really drunk watch the brit awards and just live tweet everything negative about the award show and the performers no. i did that for years did you ever get in trouble with anyone no but i can't i'm just a, I'm a very small artist in the big scheme of things compared to the great pop stars of our time <laughs> so i kind of was like i guess i was under the radar to a certain extent but people started to get quite excited about me doing it every mm. year 
and I'm, it must have been this last year where I was like, actually, I'm not going to do it anymore because it's like, as much as I'm not a fan of the music that they make, you have to understand that it's it's hard work doing what they do. Mm. You know, like I I don't mind doing interviews, but after like a good three four, I'm like, Ugh, I'll have a break now. But like when you've got to do 20, 30 of these things back to back, then jump to a next country, the same thing, the same question yeah, yeah. again and again and again, photo shoots, video shoots, this, that, bam, 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 as well as like, vocalize the music or whatever they got to do with the music. And top of that, it's a lot, you yeah, know, it yeah. is, it is a, a big job. And yeah, I don't work as hard as they do. No. So I can't, yeah, I'm just trying to be more balanced now. I think there's a lot of artists, it's almost like they're kind of stamina artists, aren't they? It's like, you know, they've sort of been trained, you know, like in like a Tom Cruise way or something like that. Or like like a racehorse. Yeah, no, totally. They're primed. That's part of the the thing to do. And I think that's like, it's a whole world in itself or it's a whole, you know. And it's kind of short lived, I guess. Yeah. So it's kind of, you have to be, have this stamina. It it may only last a couple of years or whatever, but you just got to be ready to do everything and anything. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go as far as to say I respect it, but I understand it and I'll leave them be. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. You're That's welcome. Beautiful interview. Thank no you. problem. So that's Ghost Poet. It's always so good when an artist whose work really liked for a long time they turn out to be like a really just a good human being as well and Obar yeah I really enjoyed chatting with him it definitely felt more just like a bit of banter than a any kind of real set out interview and um, just as he was going he was looking at his map on his phone for where he had to go to next and you know sort of that thing of like he's only been here for a few weeks and he's kind of piecing the city together through doing that and it reminded me of when i first got here just that sheer amazingness of going wow how do i get from here to here and seeing how the city connects and uh obviously like i've been here for a few years now and it sort of feels quite normal just like every day just being in berlin but Whenever I get those little moments of just going, wow, I'm living in a different country, it just feels really amazing. And sort of when Obar got, was kind of working out where to go next, I sort of picked up on a little bit of that, that sort of newness again. Um, and that just happened. So I feel pretty excited. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Lost and Sound is written and produced by me, Paul Hanford. Title music by ESO. And the music you heard in between is by Ghost Poet. You heard the track Breaking Cover of I Grow Tired But Dare Not Fall Asleep. And that's released on Play It Again Sam. 
A big thanks to Kieran Yates in the UK for mastering the levels. And this episode is being hosted by Bear Radio. And you can check out other English language podcasts from Berlin by going on bearradio.org. Also, if you enjoyed listening, please hit subscribe and leave a comment. Believe me, it really helps. Take care and speak to you soon.